perpetrator has either purchased the book or moved to somebody or their deputies. But um, thank you for taking your time out to read my words and the words of my good friend and author and cartoonist, Steve Anderson. That's why I say every show I do that. Steve Anderson, I said, we're writing another, oh, he's also a cartoonist. I didn't mention that once, and he's on me for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoys reading it. Um, there's going to be wrestling in it. There's going to be life in it. There's going to be um, just things people, I think, need to know, or, and a lot of things people don't need to know. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. People always come up to me, they'll ask me, they'll say, how, how can I get into wrestling? Like I told you once. What's the matter? Aren't they hiring any more uh, bank robbers or drug dealers? Why would you want to get into this when you can do that and really have a good time and do something legitimate? <laughs> I usually tell people too when they ask me how can I get into wrestling, I say buy a ticket. <laughs> how you get into wrestling? <laughs> but it's funny, you know, when I first started out, like I said in my other book, and we can quote from that book, right? Sure. You can't sure. do it, sure. Um, they can't read my book. They won't read this one. <laughs> right? Um, they charge a lawyer. And they charge us and cut the book. Um, but no, when I, when I was a kid, you know, I went to Marigold Arena in Chicago and I was mesmerized by the fact that we just, the heel came out. The heel's a bad guy and a good guy's a baby face for some of you people that don't know and are mooching this book. Um, and I was amazed by how they could control the people and the fans. It was like a person that would see Sinatra, or a person that would see um, Elvis, or a person that would see the Rolling Stones, or that's why I want to be a rock star, I want to be a rock and roll star, I want to be a movie star. It's like Lucille Ball, how she was struck when she was a young child and went out to Hollywood with her dream. Well, everybody has a dream. Some people dream about being a movie star, an actor, a wrestler, a boxer, a basketball player, a sports figure, a, a banker, a doctor, um, the home with the white fence and the kids and the dog and all of that stuff. Well, I was just hooked on television when I was a kid. I never went to, like getting up in the morning, had trouble going to school because I'd stay up at night and watch TV. And TV wasn't around all night in the 50s. I don't think we got a TV until 52 or 54. TV would go up at 11 o'clock. But I was, you know, 9, 10 years old, but I had to sit up and I watched a test pattern. Or it was an Indian show. I didn't know. I stay up all night and just, I'd listen to it, hum. <laughs> I'd listen to Sermonette, could sing it. I didn't even know I was religious. But I, but I just loved TV, and then in the morning, forget it, I couldn't get up. And then, uh, now I want to stay home and watch TV. I just was hooked on TV, and then when wrestling was on TV, my God, this is what I, I really enjoyed. Plus, it was on TV, it was unnatural for me. You work nights, you didn't have to get up in the morning, I figured. Match only went 10 minutes. I could do that. But it was just the, 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 the fun of entertaining. And I remember my hand. I used to get up and dance around my furniture. My mother would always put on these um, movies with me for the stare. Remember, we used to dance on furniture. Well, I'd show off and dance on furniture. I still got the belt marks on my ass to show you. <laughs> and, uh, but that was my dream to get into wrestling. I, I, and I know how other people have a dream. And, and I remember the first year I was in it, uh, Guy Mitchell, the first man I managed, told me, he says, kid, one day it's going to be the most, one day you're going to feel like this is the most rewarding thing you've ever done. Because you're thinking you're going to get a hundred bucks and you get a hundred and fifty. And some kids, one day kids are going to think, why did they even get into this? 
Because you think you're going to get 100 and you get 25. And that's true. You can't ever estimate anything in professional wrestling that you're going to get. Even if they tell you you're going to get this much, a lot of things could happen. They have first count. That's what we call it. They count the tickets and count the money long before we do. We had 93,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome, WrestleMania 3. Four people were involved in that match. Joey Morello, who was Guerrero Monsoon's son, who died in a car accident. Monsoon, uh, Hulk Hogan, myself, and Andre, who died of uh, heart failure in France. So just two men alive left from that match. That was Hogan and I. And it was 93,000 people. That's what they told us. We don't know if there was 93,000 people. There could have been 110,000. There could have been, but I guarantee you there was probably no less, because then you'd have to pay. Um, I worked for a promoter in Indianapolis. He used to tell us the house was 10 grand, so we feel good. It was really eight, but he'd pay on six. <laughs> but unless you count, you don't know. <laughs> and then when you get hurt, well, there's no hospitalization in wrestling. I broke my neck in 83. I couldn't have it operated on until 95. When I left WWF and went to work for Turner Broadcasting and was no longer a wrestler or a manager or considered talent, I was considered uh, an employee and announcer. That's how I got insurance and how I could have my uh, neck operation and my cancer operation. Or I'd have been in, in deep water because whether I had the money or not, my operation and my wife got cancer acne probably would have been 300 to half a million dollars with everything we went through. So, you know, that can knock you out pretty quick and wipe you out, whether you have it or not. If you don't have it, you don't know what you did. If you have it, you're gone, it's gone. So, there's no benefits at all in wrestling for the guys. I mean, you get merchandise money now from the WWE, but you don't really know how much you sold. I'm sure he gets to see the records for anybody else does. <laughs> there's first count again. Uh, you do get something. I know if a guy's hurt, you'll pay him for a while. You may pay him the whole time. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I never had that problem at WCW when I broke my neck in 83 and had an operator in 95. I never missed a day of work. I went to have an operation. I was in the operating room seven and a half hours. Came out, went home, and that Wednesday I flew back to Atlanta with a neck brace on to do voiceovers. And they told me not to fly because, you know, you never know when you're going to get turbulence and it'll whip you around. So I had to wear that neck brace the whole time. And it's hard to drink on the plane when you get a neck brace on those olives. Yeah. 
the 60s, and we were driving around cars, four guys that were good friends laughing than the way it is today you can find. And plus, they expect so much out of you, so much damage to your body. In the 60s, they like for you to take bumps and get blood. Getting blood means cutting yourself for your mooches who don't know wrestling or just pumping this book out somebody. Um, I always had the ability to take bumps and bleed. So, um, somebody should have been a hit and run victim. Yeah. <laughs> and some guys weren't. Some guys that couldn't did and nobody asked them to. But now, uh, they want you to work in shape and want you to fly around that ring and if you don't have good matches, they're just not going to use you. So, a lot of people really think they're a lot better than you are. I know a lot of people right now at home are watching TV and thinking to themselves, I could do that. I could be an actor. Believe me. It's very hard business acting. You not only have to know your lines, you have to know their lines. As much as I've done comedy and wrestling in 40 years, I've never done anything scripted except one movie, Oakland and I went called Time Master. And I guarantee you more people are watching the surveillance cameras at Walmart than ever saw that movie. But we only had a couple lines. I had to say, wow, this and that, but nothing much. But to, to do a whole show with a lot of dialogue or a movie like The Bible, Gone with the Wind or something, forget I can never do it. But you know how they teach those people? They do it with the singing teachers. Because you can remember words of songs, yeah, can't yeah, you? Yeah. They teach you rhythmically to do it. But no, and you're going to remember everybody else's lines. And You can't do it part-time. You can't just uh, take a couple months off and become an actor. Those people are out there working. They're out there doing jobs as a waiter to busboys, and some are unemployed, a lot are unemployed. They're just going for casting calls every day in readings to get their break. It's very, very hard. And wrestling, I, I don't even know how to start now. I guess the WWE is a wrestling school. Uh, I don't know if you have to pay for it. I don't even know where it is or what they do or if they even guarantee anything. So it's, it's very hard to get into the business. And it's harder, the hardest thing about getting into the business is staying in the business. Now, you can stay in the business as long as you want. I know guys that say I've been in the business 10 years, but they had three matches. <laughs> so it's because you know that the business is a work, which means it's not real. You give it their mooch in the book. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's very hard to get into. I, I wouldn't suggest it to anybody. I suggest you get an education. If you're not real good, scholastically, get a vocation. Learn how to repair car engines. Learn how to do something uh, with your hands. Uh, Learn a trade, learn something upholstery, learn something creative. But you're never going to get nothing out of this because there's no pension, there's no promotion, there's no elevation. Oh, you can work the main events, I guess that's an elevation, but I mean, you don't get no gold watch, there's no Hall of Fame, there's, there's nothing, there's no endorsements. I'm sure you've had your team doing commercials, I'm not sure what they're getting though. Uh, I guarantee you, 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 you don't see them doing stuff for a red card or, or yeah. big things like yeah. that. So. Really, to sit at home and watch on TV, uh, backyard wrestling, I don't suggest that you guys don't know what you're doing. It'd be like driving a car at 14, pretend you're a race car driver. Yeah. It's just so dangerous. Enjoy it to the entertainment value or not. But if you want to get into something real good, get into plastic surgery. You can just see women from the waist up noon. <laughs> and they pay you for it.
money. 
if you make money along the way, that's fine for you. It's like people have, have, have different views in life than my people, as yeah. you know. Yeah. But people always say, boy, I got a deal today. I got a deal on TV. Come on in, we got a deal for you. Yeah. You know what a deal is? A deal is something you want. They're selling. No one's going to give you a deal. Yeah. No one's going to sell a car to you for $100 when it was 150 because they like it. They're selling to you because they don't want to pay for it anymore or they can't pay for it. And they want to get out of it what they can. The deal was only for you. And if you consider a deal, fine. But remember, the guy didn't want the thing anyway. He wanted to get rid of it. If he didn't want to get rid of it, there'd be no deals. Yeah. That's the way life is. Yeah. People only give you what they want. People just don't care about you. Like I was saying about my grandfather. In those days, having a neighborhood, uh, they call them haberdashers, full next stores. Well, you had to be. The customer always had to be right because... You were dealing with the people in the neighborhoods. We had to have them come to you. You didn't want to come with somebody else. He, he had your, I guarantee you, in the 20s, I think the customers he had were always the customers he had. He probably never had any new ones. He, he had 50 customers here. He had 50 customers, probably. He just didn't have a turnover business. Nowadays, I'm going to be McDonald's. There is, I guarantee you, there's more food right now in my taste than on a bun at McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is a soup kitchen? Yeah. 
So, um, so she said, well, thank you very much. So, in my life, I've learned, I don't write letters to people, because I've never, I've never seen them get it. I don't see their expression, or if they throw the waste paper can, or if they toss somebody in on the carpet. So I just wanted to call this woman and tell her, and she was very nice and polite and very concerned, and was going to look into the thing. Um, I think that's what you should do. you got to start complaining. It won't help you probably a whole lot in getting something, but it'll keep you from being on a rooftop across from a post office sometime with a high-powered rifle. <laughs> you make it scared out of you. Maybe you'll feel better. <laughs> but those misjustices, those unjust things in the world where people just don't care about you, is, well, why do you have to go through the aisle that only takes 11 items? Because the guy's got 12 and they don't send them back. And they can't count? They're running a cash register. <laughs> Yeah, he 
they killed him, and the back was sore. Like, boy, you can break your neck, you get cancer, your wife gets cancer twice. All of a sudden, all these bills start coming, and you better have insurance. You better have some damn good stuff, and you better think ahead about that. Because there's times when you can't get it now. If I wanted to get a job right now, I couldn't get a job. I'm 59 years old. 